It's time for 41 is the Mike, a weekly Chiefs podcast with Nick Jacobs of KSHB 41 and Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. 41 is the Mike starts now. Welcome, everyone, to the Christmas edition of 41 is the Mike, a little bit of a Somber edition, but not when you've got the guy that I've got on the podcast with me today. This is I'm Matt Derrick with Chiefs Digest, and of course, I am alongside Christmas enthusiast Nick Jacobs of KSHB 41. Nick, I I can tell that the Chiefs have not dampened your holiday spirit. Season's greetings, Matt. No, the Chiefs are not going to they're not going to bring me down today. We're not letting that happen. Was I upset for a little bit? A little bit. Yeah, I was a little bum. I was watching the game. I wanted to, you know, have a having a you know that thrill of a victory watching the Chiefs uh, do that, and we could talk about positive things on the podcast, but it didn't happen. But they're not ruining my Christmas. No, 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 Matt Derek. We are going to have a happy, 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 happy Christmas on the Forty One Is the Mike podcast. So a little <laughs> bit, of, a little bit of Clark Griswold in me on this one, and it's fitting because obviously I love the movie. And for those that are watching on YouTube, I have the uh, moose. Uh, the moose antlers uh, cup with the eggnog inside of it. So I am, I am in the Christmas spirit, Matt Derek. Happy holidays to anybody out there, whether you celebrate Christmas or not. Completely fine. I hope you're having a great holiday. I hope you're making memories with family and friends between now and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. But I know there's a lot of a lot of bummerness, a lot of frustration. But I'm sorry if if you wanted to hear that from me, you're gonna hear some rants. But you're not going to hear sadness. It's not. It's not Nick in a Wendy's parking lot. It's Nick drinking eggnog and gotten a lot of more sugar in his system than he probably should. But he got to watch some little kids open gifts today with my nieces and how pumped they were. And I nailed most of their gifts. So that is the gift that keeps on giving. This is uh, this is wait. First of all, this is way more excited and energetic than I expected you to be after the way that the Chiefs played today, Nick. So. That makes me feel better. And I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but for those of you who are listening on the podcast, by all means, uh, you go to the Chiefs Digest YouTube channel and, and watch the video because right because Nick's and Holly Enthusiasm has to be seen. I am not going to spoil it, so you have to go watch it. But I mean, this is just this is why the internet was invented. That's all I'm going to say. Well, hey, if if YouTube if we weren't well, if we weren't going to be on YouTube with this thing, I wouldn't have worn any of this stuff. You know what? But I but we have this moment. We need to let people get that Christmas spirit back, get that holiday spirit back. Hopefully, you're off work this week, eating a bunch of leftovers. But even if you're not, you know what? It's going to be okay. I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be okay, but it's going to be okay for all of us. <laughs> It is going to be okay, and I'm already feeling better, Nick. So you've done that at least. You've you've done that for one Nailed person. It. And Nailed it. <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you, yes, we obviously are going to be dissecting the Chiefs' 20 to 14 loss to the Raiders on Christmas Day, Monday at noon. Um, certainly a game that I thought that the Chiefs would handle easily, and it was probably a case where I thought that the Raiders would be allowed to be anywhere else other than Arrowhead at noon on Christmas Day. But they came in and sell, had themselves a jolly old time, Nick. Uh, they got it done, and um, it wasn't pretty by the Raiders. And I, I can't even say that the Raiders really won the game because I'll flat out say it: the Chiefs handed it to them on a Christmas platter. Yeah, I mean, I mean they just gave yeah. it away. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, when you look at what the Chiefs' defense did, technically they only gave up three points. If you think about that, with a field goal, 
Because, you know, you had the, the fumble return for a touchdown. You had the pick six return for a touchdown. So, I mean, other than, what, two two field goals? That's it? Or they did the two-point conversion? I don't remember anymore. It's all a blur in my head. And well, my and, right and one of their touchdown drives, remember, was uh, went all of se- 25 yards. Seven plays, 25 yards. Because the offense and the, the I think was that was the Tommy Townsend punt that gave them fantastic field position. So, yeah, I mean, essentially, I mean... The only the only significant only scoring drive significant scoring drive that the the defense really gave up was 15 plays for 87 yards, which by the way, until the final what three minutes of the game, accounted for more than half of the Raiders' entire offense for the first 57 minutes of the game. Yeah, and so that's that's a that's a tribute to how bad the Chiefs' offense was today, and how. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know the word to put to it, just how disconnected it is, just um, how not even remotely close to sync it is. I don't even want to use the word out of sync because it means it may get back into sync. Um, so, but like, yeah, no, I mean, it's, there's, there, there's, somebody shattered the, the, the Lego arrowhead they built together into a million pieces and it's the chief's offense right now. And I don't know if they're going to get it all back together um, quick enough or not with the way things are going to have a tailspin of, uh, since Halloween to lose five of eight in the way that they have, it's that's that's beyond concerning at this point. And that's a the, the Chiefs are pretty close to a team that's in a tailspin you never would have thought would happen in the second half of a football season. This 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 is both I think indicative to me of how well the defense played and how bad the Chiefs offense played. That the best throw of the game by either team was a punter. Tommy Townsend's throw for the first down was better than any throw, basically, that Patrick Mahomes and Aiden O'Connell made all day. Yeah, and and when you're having to go to a fake punt that quickly in a football game, uh, even before, I think it was even before halftime, that's that's alarming. That's when you know things are beyond bad, and the coaching staff is recognizing how bad it is and how quickly this can get away from you. So to me, what that illustrates to me, and this is where actions speak louder than words in my motto, is that actions wise said the coaching staff knew that you didn't have the jolt on offense that you needed and that you were sleepwalking and they were trying to give you a jolt and give you that spark to see if they could get you in this thing and kind of, you know, get that, uh, get that engine started up and keep it revving. And the fact that they were celebrating about a fake punt in the way that they were like, that's, that's not normal for this football team. That's that's some 2012 or Todd Haley era type stuff. And that's kind of where today had moments more than anything that looked even pre Andy Reed. And that's where that's kind of concerning, especially coming off a, where you're the defending Super Bowl champions. Well, and and let's let's go to there next, which is you know really talking about how this team has gotten to this spot because you know obviously it's coming off one of the most successful runs not only franchise history but NFL history they've hosted five straight AFC championship games this has been a remarkable run um, pretty good chance that is coming to an end so what is it about this year's team and I'm going to just say specifically the offense because the defense obviously is playing. I think spectacular football has been most of the season. And certainly they did enough to win on, uh, on Monday, but what is this team missing? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, what I see collectively throughout the season is I see a football team 
And like you said, I'm not. I, I'm trying to exclude the defense on this part of it because they're still bringing it every week. Do they have some downturns here and there? Yeah, but for the most part, I just don't see enough players on offense that are that are hungry. I don't see. I don't see guy. I see some complacency there. I see some guys that are okay with taking corners, with stopping on routes, with stopping on plays. Kind of okay. I've done my part for this four to five seconds. I'm done at this point. Like with Patrick Mahomes and the frustration he has. Am I saying he's perfect? No, he's not. He's got his own issues that we'll dive into here in a little bit. But Patrick's still trying to chase his legacy. Like he's he's thinking legacy. He's thinking bigger terms. Travis Kelsey's thinking legacy. Those guys. That's why they're getting the frustration that they are on the sidelines, where you know helmets may be thrown or or, or the, it's breaking at the seams in some regards, because those guys are chasing something bigger. They're not happy with two Super Bowls. They want three. They want four. They want dynasty. That's what they're after. But I can tell by the way some of those guys are playing. Some of them have been a part of a Super Bowl run. Some of them haven't. But. They seem okay with whatever happens, happens. They seem fulfilled to a certain point with if they were a part of the Super Bowl run last year. And the thing that always kind of struck me when you and I were asking questions throughout the offseason and training camp and OTAs and before all that when in, in, and all that together, how often you would hear whenever you'd, t- whenever you'd ask a player, whether it be Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes or whoever, about you know putting – Putting the putting the Super Bowl in the past and just how quickly they would answer it, how they how decisive they would try to be, like, yeah, no, no, we're moving on. That's a different chapter. But it just, you know, there's just something about it that didn't it was kind of like that unspoken thing that they kind of saw maybe some guys that maybe were celebrating still thinking about what they had done versus what they needed to do. And so that's that's where I just yeah, for me collectively. I think it all plays a part of it. I just don't see a football team that has that same hunger, that has the same drive. And when they look around on offense from time to time, and the reason they had to do the fake field goal at one point today and even go forward on some fourth downs and normally in the, in the past, Andy would punt it away, give the defense a chance or, you know, maybe kick a field goal or whatever they may try to do. I, I saw times where like it, it goes back to even before Patrick Mahomes is here there was always somebody looking around for somebody to create a spark in what I call those lull games, like today was. Who is the player that's going to create the spark? And they had it for a drive when Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice had those plays and Pacheco scored that touchdown. That was the one drive where they had those sparks where they caught fire and it just kept going and accelerating and they could you know move forward with it. And then you were hoping, you're like, okay, like I tweeted out that I was like, okay, hopefully they can kind of keep this fire going, keep this flame going. And, you know, keep stoking that fire and not let it turn into an ember. But it turned into an ember. And it's just, there's just not, it's it's like you were discussing with me earlier, just about on schedule type of thing. And that played a big part. I, you know, we're recording this uh, Monday night, and it's while the, the Ravens and, and 49ers are playing. And, I mean, honestly, like, I'll be straight out here. I was I was watching that first half and I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, I'm watching two teams playing at an energy level that I'm not sure I've seen the Chiefs play at a whole lot this year. I mean, maybe against the Eagles, maybe against the the Dolphins. I think there's been a couple of games that they've stepped it up and you've seen them play at the level at which I think that they potentially can play. But I don't know if we you're right. I don't think I don't know if we've seen that fire. We we've seen that hunger this year. 
Yeah, I mean, if you had it, you're not losing five of eight. Like, I, I hate to say it that way, but this, a lot of those guys who have been through it during the long haul, and I'm not just talking last year, but I'm talking before that, and I'm going to end up counting that up at some point, and I'm going to count it up from the other ones. But those guys that have been here for that run and for that road, they know what it takes to get there, and they know when they have to turn it on and when, you know, and how they have to go and approach it. There's just guys on, there's a lot of guys on this team that don't understand the level that you have to go at and you have to approach to get to that mountaintop again and again and again, or what it takes to get to that mountaintop again and again and again. Because for some of those guys, they were part of the Bengals AFC championship loss. And then, you know, and then they were a part of the Super Bowl win. And then now they're a part of having to defend. But you take the guys that are on that 2019 team, they had to do the Super Bowl win, got all the way back to defend in a unique COVID year, and then had to deal with what happened if you don't have that hunger and what that pain is like, and then balance and then bounce back and won a Super Bowl again off of it. There's just not a lot of guys on this roster, I think, that collectively have been through that entire run and know what that run takes and know what one from Thanksgiving on how you have to go about it, have to, how you have to turn. So the biggest thing that I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have to take out of this and a lot of, and some other guys are going to have to take out of this Patrick Mahomes more than anything. What he's, what I hope he's learning about himself is how vocal he needs to be on the sidelines. And if he does have to talk to his offensive line, like he had to, to kind of get him fired up and everything that he's willing to do that earlier in the year, if he needs to, training camp, whatever, but like that, that's a piece that I hope he kind of takes from this year. And there's just a lot of the guys that the, the thing I hope more than anything else is that they take away from this year is the level that you have to have and the focus you have to have, whether it's a holiday week or not, whether you're on less rest than the other opponent or not, like just you just what you have to do to eliminate noise and eliminate distractions. Cause when you're on searching your name on social media and responding to people and stuff like that, you're letting distractions that could, that could be, you know, you or I or fans, you're letting that stuff creep in because you're showcasing that you're, that if you're responding or favoring it or whatever, that it's that you're letting it be a part of, of you and affecting you. And you can't let that be the case. If you've got your eye on the prize. You know, one thing one thing you said earlier that really resonated with me, though, was about the, you know, Super Bowl hangover and about the after effects and the celebration. Because in the, in the questions we were talking about, you know, during the course of the offseason about moving on from the Super Bowl and focusing on, mm-hmm. you know, the upcoming season and getting the answers like, no, no, no. I mean, this is but we also, you, you know, Nick heard like four or five different times. Oh no, this is the moment that we're moving on. I mean, once uh, o- you know, once the the Super Bowl parade was over, you know, oh, we're moving on. Once the OTAs get here, now we're moving on. Once you go to the White House, no, we're moving on. Once you uh have the ring ceremony, we're moving on. Once you get to training camp, moving on. I mean, you know, I don't that's one difference because you talked about the COVID year in 2020. That team didn't really get to celebrate didn't celebrate a Super Bowl. Right. It didn't have any hoopla. It had the parade and then everything else went away. I mean, the ring ceremony was very muted. It wasn't anything special. And I don't blame the Chiefs for this, but I mean, they obviously wanted to blow it out this time. And they had a bigger, made a bigger deal out of everything that they did because they didn't get to do it last time. And so, like I said, I don't blame them, but, you know, at the same time, I'm not even sure the coaching staff really understood that this was different 
than the last time you won it, as far as how you manage everything. And last time, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I to a degree, obviously, I'm, yeah, I'm leaving Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes out of this conversation a bit because you know they're competitive and they're fire. But at the same time, Travis Kelsey wasn't hosting Saturday Night Live after the last Super Bowl. I mean, everybody had more distractions. Everybody, you know, filming more commercials or doing all of these different things that they didn't get to do last time. And so, I mean, like I said, I I think there's anything you could really do about that. I don't know that you could have done anything differently. I think that if the organization had their choice and their druthers, they'd still do it the same way because I think they wanted to celebrate what they did and make a big deal out of it. But to me, you're right. I mean, I, I don't know if even this team ever really got to set its mind for right during the off season. And then you get to the regular season and you're trying to hit that, you know, get that like a jockey trying to, to get the horse to you know, going in the last quarter mile. This team always turns on in December and it's not there. They haven't been able to turn it on yet. And that's to me a, a very, very telling sign. And if you look at the, I'm going through the chiefs 2019 uh, game day roster from that first Super Bowl. Um, the guys that remain from that team, Austin Ryder on practice squad, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, McCole Hardman, Chris Jones, Derek Naughty. Um, that's it in terms of starters. Then Harrison Bucker, obviously is a kicker, but he's listed under substitutions. Uh, on the game book I'm going through, James Winchester, the long snapper. Um, Mike Pinnell from practice squad. Nick Allegretti, who played a little bit today. Blake Bell. And that's it. So you've got you've got eleven guys that were there for that, and then you know that's not a lot when you know in in the grand scheme of it, that's not a lot of people that can that can harken back to that or kind of flash back to that experience and kind of be the shepherds to guide people through on that. You know, you just don't you just don't have enough guys on that roster that have that collective experience uh, more than anything else. And like right now with the wide receiver room. Like that's that's where they need their fire starters to be, and they don't they don't have it. They don't have enough of it. Like I mean, Rice can do it in in, in spots, but I mean he's still a rookie, and he really shouldn't be having to perform at that level. He's not getting paid without us. Scantling's getting paid. You didn't have McCole Hardman and Kadarius Tony out there today, so you can't blame them, you know, for drops or for this or that. And they were they looked even worse today on offense than they did whenever those guys were on the field. And that's that's concerning too. That they looked even worse without without those guys out there. And you know, I know there's one play where Mahomes had an interception that was called, you know, that was called incomplete when they reviewed it. And you see Valdez Cantling slowing down on the play. And I don't know if Mahomes was trying to get it to him or Bell, but they were both in the same vicinity. And Valdez Cantling stopped on it while Bell's trying to make a sliding catch. And you know, it, it's just all of it combined. It's like, what are we doing here, route combination wise, guys? Like just, just like like the fire drills and how every single play is turning into a fire drill where Pat's just having to create and it just it and guys don't always understand spacing and they're not necessarily reading the coverage the same way that Mahomes is and it just play calling wise it's broken right now and like if the defense doesn't play the way that the Chiefs installed the game plan that week it doesn't it it's not working out right now. Yeah, and you know, you kind of you certainly got me on this bandwagon thought process a few weeks ago, Nick, when you were just talking about not on about, purpose. <laughs> not on purpose, but when just talking about Mahomes and, you know, 
on schedule throws and just the flow of the offense. And, you know, and that becomes more stark when once again, I'm I'm watching some other quarterbacks around the league and what teams are doing and when they're having success. And, you know, I'm going to go back when I watch the, this game again, Tomorrow, when I go through it, one of the things I'm just going to be looking at is, you know, how many throws did Mahomes actually get out, get off on schedule? Because, you know, when, and this is, I, I said this earlier today, so if anybody else hears this a second time, I apologize. I mean, I'm repeating myself, but we all talk about the crazy throws that Mahomes makes, that on the run, those kind of things. But the reality of it is, is that even though we remember those throws, they are few and far between. I mean, they're not the everyday, every down throws. They're the special ones that there might have only been one or two a game. Now, there might have been another couple of throws from the pocket that he makes that, you know, we talk about where it's like, hey, there's only maybe two quarterbacks in the league who can make that throw. We have those, but by and large, the bread and butter and the reason why this Chiefs offense has been so good over the years is because Mahomes gets the ball, one, two, three, the ball goes out. And right now, we have too many plays that's one, two, three, okay, one, two, three, one, two. He's gone through his progression now a couple of times, and now he's taken off running, and you can't run an offense like that. You know, you said it was a fire drill. I mean, it absolutely is right now. There's nothing that is like clockwork with this offense, and every play is turning into playground at recess right now. Yeah, and that's why that's why Patrick's huffing and puffing on every play. You know, that's why he's so tired these days when you watch him. Like just the just how much it takes for him to catch his breath, especially in cold weather like today was. You know, whenever he's having to run around and. I can only imagine what his Fitbit would say in terms of steps and mileage that he's, you know, that he's doing back there just to simply create, just hoping one of his teammates will go find a void or find an opening so he can get the ball to him to create a spark. And look, I mean, are there times where maybe they're open and Pat's not willing to make that throw and have that trust in him? Yeah, and that may be part of where one of the issues is. The pocket may be fine, and you know he doesn't feel comfortable with it, so he takes off, and maybe he didn't have to, and maybe that hurts him on a play here and there. That can happen too. But I mean, when a guy's been a, been sacked more than eleven times in the past couple of weeks, like it's gonna get to it gets to quarterbacks. Like Mahomes well, is no different. I mean, there's just there's a certain level that Patrick gets held to, and that fans expect at all points and at all times. But he's human too. He does have kryptonite. Like he's not Superman. You know, he does have some kryptonite at times, and that's what you're seeing some of it this year. And the answer of whether a player can do it on his own is being answered. No, they can't. That's why it's a team sport. That's why football is one of the greatest sports when it comes to a team. You literally need all 53 guys throughout a season, and you include the practice squad guys and the coaching staff. You need everybody rowing in the same direction and having the same vision and the same focus and the same buy-in for it. And if you don't have that from enough of the players that you need it from, things like today happen. Things like this season happen. Five of eight, you know, losing is what happens. And so it's just progressively getting to this point where everybody's saying, oh, yeah, we can get a fix. We can get a fix. We can get a fix. There's two games left. If you were going to get fixed, it would already be done at this point. At this point, you just got guys that are like, well, hey, probably got a couple more left. Get through it, and we'll see where the future takes us at this point. There are some guys that will probably won't say that, but the way that they played tells me that that's what they're thinking. Like that, The Chiefs' offensive performance out there today looked more like a 2-14 team with some guys that are planning vacations than it was about, 
teams trying to sharpen uh, the steel to get to the Super Bowl. And everybody's going to have to say the right thing publicly. Even if we ask questions, they're going to have to tell us it can get fixed, it can get this, it can get that. But when you're having to do a fake punt, your action told me what your words didn't. You know, so, I mean, I, you know, it's like what needs to be corrected isn't going to, like I've said before, isn't going to get corrected until February, March, and April. And we'll see the actions then. And hopefully they're the actions that we're hoping for. But and if they're not, oh, boy, that's a whole other tidal wave. I think, uh, you know, I was going to ask the next question, but I think we probably answered it. Oh, <laughs> ask it anyways. Maybe I'll have more. Who knows? What's going to be? I mean, it, it was going to really be about, can the Chiefs fix this? But you just said no. And, <laughs> and I don't disagree. I mean, I'm pretty much of the same philosophy that, hey, 15 games in, you are what you, your record says you are. I mean, it's not like you can all of a sudden reinvent yourself at this point. You are what you are. But... I mean, the Chiefs are in this spot where they are right now. They are nine and six because they make too many mistakes. That's just in and of itself on offense. It's a mistake prone offense. So I guess my more specific question is this What are the odds that you think that the Chiefs can put together, which we know right now, if they want to win a Super Bowl, they're going to play four playoff games? What are the odds that the Chiefs can play four clean games in a row? The offense we saw today. Uh, or we saw on Christmas Day against the Raiders, depending on when you're listening to this, that offense, that offense is getting bounced, you know, pretty quickly by the Bills or by that that offense is getting bounced by the likes of the Bills, the Dolphins, maybe if they're on point that day or or the Ravens. That offensive performance, that's what's happening there. And maybe even the Browns, because I don't know what Joe Flacco would do against the Chiefs defense. But here's where here's where the part where it comes in for the Chiefs defense. Come playoff time, if the Chiefs offense performed like that, the Chiefs defense would have to force turnovers, and they really haven't done a ton of that either this year. That's kind of their that's kind of the biggest problem for them is with their inability to kind of force turnovers at the rate that they need to to get the ball back to the offense. That's that's where that'll that portion that's what'll burn them in the playoffs is that defense may perform at a great level, but if they don't force turnovers to create equalizers for what the offense did, like it's just not going to matter and it's going to be an avalanche and then things are going to go bad for them. But no, I mean the Ravens can outclass the Chiefs, um, especially if they have performance like they did against the Raiders again, and so can the Bills. The Bills know that they can beat them, and that's the the thing that makes me makes me furious more than anything else. And if I had been, if I one had the athletic ability (laughs) and two could have been out there on the field, the thing that would have infuriated me was coming into that week when Antonio Pierce talked about the trick plays and, you know, you just punch him in the mouth or however he phrased that. And then when Jack Jones said what he did about when you stop the magician, uh, you know, whenever you stop the magic act, the magician didn't have anything left in that. And then the way he taunted Mahomes as he ran into the end zone on that pick six, that should be bothersome. And I know it, well, I know the players got into a little battle royale there, but guess what? That's where you take that out on the field. You'd say, hey, we're going to run the next three plays, and I want you to bury every single one of them. We're going to run a toss right at that cornerback, and we're going to bury him in the dirt. I don't even care if you miss your block on the linebacker. You go take that corner, and you put him into the dirt on a pole. We'll we'll let the receiver leave him, go to the safety, and you bury that cat, and you show him what happens when you taunt Patrick Mahomes and this football team. That's the type of pride and the type of fire that you need in football, and if you don't have that, and if you aren't willing to have that, then you have losses like today. 
That's what football is. Football is all about emotion. It's about passion. And it's about having the 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 desire to impose your will on every single opponent that you face and being insulted that they have the arrogance to think that they can stand on the same field with you. Doesn't mean that they, you know, that they don't have that capability, but that's the mindset you have to have. And right now this offense doesn't even come close to having that mindset. Doesn't even have an identity. Their identity is fire drill and hope Patrick has enough stamina and didn't get hurt. So we can toss it to somebody. That's what that offense identity is. And that should frustrate not, not only at well, it can frustrate everybody. The question is, what are you actually going to do to fix it? And right now is, we don't know. And so then the question becomes, why are you still getting a check? I'm sorry, Matt, but the, 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 I tapped into it. No, I, I'm, I, I mean, I can't fault a single word that you just said. I mean, it's absolutely spot on. And I kind, I mean, I kind of want to run through a wall for you right now, Nick. I mean, it's that's... well, the Raiders wanted to for Antonio Pierce because he's got that type of passion. That is- that is absolutely true. And this, I mean, once again, circles back to, uh, I mean, I, I'm looking back at the schedule of this year. I can literally, I think, tell you two games that I think that the Chiefs, energy-wise, matched their opponent uh, on a good day. And that was Miami and Philadelphia. And they were one in one of those games. I mean, I could, I would say that they also, I thought, they had a really good effort against Jacksonville. And that was before Jacksonville really, you know, showed that they have a lot more flaws than people thought. So not not what I would say is something you can hang your hat on now, but it looked better at the time. But right now, I mean, you know, if you're talking about a 15-game schedule, only talking about two games where I think that your team really looked like from top to bottom that it was on the same plateau as, as your opponent, that's a problem. I mean, and like you said, I mean, I... I'll bring in the, the uh, I, I was going to say the Ted Lasso example, but it's really the Roy Kent example. Because, <laughs> I mean, you don't know what players go through. So, right. I mean, I'm ready to accept that there are players on this team who are having a bad season that there's external factors that we don't know about. And maybe there are factors that we do know about. Maybe it's just that they're getting older and they don't have the same talent anymore. Maybe, you know, for example, I mean, Travis Kelsey's not putting up the same numbers that he has in past years. He's 34 years old and has been hurt since week one. I mean, that guy is literally dragging himself through the season. He's not been healthy a single game this year. So I get that, but it's it, it, it just seems like there hasn't been complete recognition from everybody on this team about how you fix it. Maybe some people know how to fix it, and they're just not able to get everybody on the same page. And if that's the case, I mean, that ultimately fully falls on coaching from top to bottom. Yeah, and and the and the base part of it that they're gonna have to ask themselves collectively over the next handful of weeks on the offensive coaching staff because I'm not talking about the defense. I'm talking about the offensive coaching staff. What the offensive coaching staff has to ask themselves is what what am I what am I letting what am I letting slide? What battles am I not trying to pick to try to light a fire under each and every one of these guys? Because the offensive line is getting progressively worse. And like the offense that had a ton of promise coming into it, like that's the protection issues. They're happening more and more. And the reason they're happening more and more is because there's more and more tape every single week out on how to attack it and more and more opponents attack it and opponents come up with even new ways to attack it based off that initial count, you know, then it's their counterattack to it. 
because here's the reality. Jawan Taylor goes off on his own adventure when he does his kick step out there and, and leaves Trey Smith and Creed to just try to do their best to pick up and pass off. Like that's happening. One year Morris, he's a rookie. He's struggling. You know, he has some, he'll have some whips in pass protection. He'll have some whips in the run game. He's got the athletic ability. He's got a lot of promise and it's great that he's getting these snaps, but there's times where like, man, Mahomes is setting up and the guy's already there. Mahomes, you have to take off and go into fire drill mode, or he's got to try to move around and hope that there's an opening for him to be able to kind of step up and buy a couple more seconds. Because what is what I personally see happening, I see Mahomes trying so hard this year to at least be the pocket passer that he wanted to, that he probably set for himself as a goal to help himself, his, his health, and this team. And he's trying to use that to trust his teammates and to get his t- the ball to his teammates and to try to keep as much of that structure of the play intact as what they worked on all week. And then when they're not there, he has to go and fall back into the scramble drill that he knows can create the spark. And I think he's putting so much pressure on himself to be that guy that helps create that spark. And then when it doesn't happen and when it doesn't click, the competitor in him gets more and more frustrated. And then there comes a point when he's like, Hey, I'm going to take a chance and throw it. It might work out. It might get picked off, but I've, I've got to take that shot and I got to, I got to put that faith in him. And then when it doesn't click and falls incomplete or whatever, it ends up happening. He, you just see the defeat in his face and the frustration and just like, man, you know, like, Ooh, we worked on this all week and this is where you were supposed to be. And you weren't there. And so what you have right now is you have a lot of players on offense that either don't know where they need to be at the spot that they need to be, that they worked on during the week based on the coverage, or they're not capable of getting to that or they're slower in games than they were in practice. And it's just, it's, they're having problems with that. They're having problems with adjustments off of it. And there's just not a lot of answers when they need their, when they need answers. And there's not some like when I see the stuff happening in, in in real time, I'm like, okay, then you need to run some shorter routes. You need to run those crosses, run those slants, run some stuff here and there, you know, and and they tried a couple checkdowns and and I'm glad that they did, but there's other times where you got to try, if you got to run five short routes, then run five short routes. I don't care. But, and somebody's got to get open. Somebody can get open off that. Just get into a rhythm. And when I saw at the end of the game, the up-tempo that they ran for a minute and were able to be effective with it, then they went back to their normal play calling and burning through time when you're like, hey, you're down two scores. You can't keep doing that right now because once once this game gets under that 330 mark, you're in a real world of problems here if you don't only have the score but maybe have the ball back at this point because how your offense has performed this year versus other years. And so it's just all of it combined just piles up over time. And you're just like, man, I don't, I mean, whatever they're doing in the drawing board, whatever's happening in that offensive thing tank among coaches, they're not, they, they don't have enough answers with the roster that they have. So along the way, either some things are going to have to happen with that offensive think tank or, and some things are going to have to happen with uh, some of the position groups on the offense. And it may be a combination of both, but that overall is where the problem lies. It isn't just on Matt Nagy. It isn't just on Andy Reid. It isn't just on one person. This is a collective failure on offense. And and you're not just getting it fixed with one play or one person. It is bigger. Because you could, hypothetically, if, if you know, say Matt Nagy wasn't hearing to somebody else, I think they would still be having the same issues. 
Yes. Like, I'm not kidding you on that. And I know people want to say, well, but, well, it's like the Bears offense, like this and that. Well, uh, the thing you're learning is maybe with, with, the, with the collective position group of coaches that they have on offense, they can't work with this talent. So then you've got to upgrade that talent, and maybe that's what makes the difference for the position coaches. Or in team meetings, if some of those position coaches don't have the answers for how to make their players better, then that's a problem too. So that's where the bigger evaluation is going to have to happen at the end of the year. But I, you know what? The crazy thing is I see some guys on that field today that look like they didn't want to be there and above all else are okay. If the season ends in a couple of weeks, and if you're the team, if you're the defending champions and you kind of have that mindset and mentality, that's where, boy, man, that's, that's gotta be beyond frustrating, especially for the legacy guys that, give everything that they have heart and soul and effort wise and dedicate their lives year after year to trying to chase that. And other guys look complacent and okay with not being that way. Well, and and you talk about that on the offensive side and we have, you know, spent pretty much the entire show just bashing on the offense, which based on what happened Monday is quite justifiable, but conversely on the other side of the football, Nick, I continue to see a lot of guys who want to be there. And I mean, it is just an absolutely different world on the other side of the football. It is almost like bizarro world of, you know, 2018, 19 and a half chiefs, 2017 chiefs, where you know, the offense could pretty much do whatever it wanted to. And the defense was just begging for a stop. Now it's the absolute opposite. I mean, this defense seems to be able to dictate terms when it wants to. And it's the offense that you're just begging to get a score. But again, another incredibly impressive performance to me from this defense. I mean, I I get to get concerns. Zamir White went nuts. But, you know, really, you look at that. I mean, he had, I think, maybe 21 carries for 100 yards. It's a good day. But that was literally the only thing that the the, the Raiders had going for them. Right. And and I did, I, you know what? I mean, I'm going to throw out the 43-yard run that uh, clinched the game because, as you know, you and I were talking about before the pod started, before we started recording, those are second and four that the Chiefs had to get a three yard stop. They it didn't matter if he got five or forty three. Now you know Nick Bolton said we got to find a way to get him on the ground, but it didn't really matter. I mean that defensive play call was meant and built to stop the run to get to to just get the guy on the ground short of the the the, the first down line so that they could get the ball back, turn it over to the offense. That was their only only plan on that last stand was to get the ball back to the offense and. Once he got five yards, it didn't matter <laughs> what happened after that. Um, but other than that, I mean, this defense, Nick, I mean, they held the Raiders to 160 yards of offense in the first 57 minutes. And the and Aiden O'Connell did not complete a pass for three quarters. I mean, uh, let's just avoid, you know, I'll, I'll avoid going back and saying, okay, how can you, how can your offense lose to a team that just did that? But your defense did that. That's really good. Defense did everything it needed to. And it and and like you and I brought up earlier in the podcast, guess what? The defense gave up what? Six points? You know, two field goals, and I think. Once again, a twenty five yard field goal drive was was were three of those points. So like I mean, you know, like defense did more than its job. And the fact that the that Aiden O'Connell played as awful as he did the other three quarters, like that should win you football games with a competent offense, just even a competent offense. And it goes back to the adage I said earlier this year: twenty-four or more wins you the game most of the season. And Chiefs are hanging, you know, Chiefs barely got to fourteen there with about you know four 
three thirty, four minutes left in the game, and then that lag, you know, the lack of urgency at that point to try to, you know, to get that next score. To it just, I don't know, man. I mean, it's I, I haven't seen the offense perform to this underwhelming of a level. And like, don't get me wrong, if Tyreek Hill was still on this offense, it would help out some because he was one of those fire starters that they could get the ball to, and he could open things up or collectively across the board. But like, I mean, hey, you trade you traded that away and you got yourself a Super Bowl off of it. But they're gonna have the like they don't have the answers at receiver. They do not. No matter if they want to go to war with them or not and believe in them or not, that's their job. That's what they're supposed to do. Patrick's supposed to believe in the guys that they got. He's supposed to believe in the coaches they got. Travis is supposed to believe in the guys they got, the coaches they got. That's a mentality that they that they you know that they have to have because that's what the belief they have to have in their guys. Those are the guys that were in their foxhole and went to war with them. But from an outsider perspective, from what I get to see, and you know, that's what I see is I just don't see enough guys that are bought into what what you what it takes to win a Super Bowl and to defend a Super Bowl and to play at a level that they need to. And then, like I said, this isn't just an Eric enemy's gone and Matt Nagy's the OC thing, even though everybody wants to point to that. Because when I went and ran through the numbers of penalties, they're still in the same ballpark they were penalties-wise. They're still in the same ballpark they were, you know, giveaway-wise in terms of the turnovers that they give away. Um because you don't you, you don't want to use turnover ratio because then it takes the plus and minus for each side. The giveaways is where it's at, and they're still in the twenties here. Offensive holding still their number one problem that they have, and it's been that way since Andy Reid's been here. And the only thing that's been the same every year is Andy Hecht, the O line coach. And you know they just they were able to overcome those things in the past. They're not now. The only thing that's alarming is explosive plays. They were at when I looked it up the other day. They were at like forty three. And the previous year they were at 70 and like, you know, during that 2018, 2019 run, they were, you know, they were up there too. So, I mean, explosive plays are insanely down from where they were just even a year ago. And so all, all that combined, man, it just, that's where you're having your problem. You don't have enough explosive players on offense that can, that can help pick the other players up. If, if they're having an issue, whether it's offensive line protection or Kelsey, or maybe rice has a drop or Mahomes needs, needs something. You just you you don't have enough help from your friends to use a famous song right now. We managed to make it back onto the offense, Nick. And you know, but now that we're there, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say because you know you already said you know hey it's not about you know you bring it you can't you know we've we've hashed over Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy and some of these things. You've made me realize tonight that I think that probably the the biggest difference between this team and last year's offense might be Juju Smith-Schuster, and not entirely for the offensive numbers. I mean, had hey, if the Chiefs had kept been able to keep Juju, would it have been the same this season? Maybe because, you know, I mean, Juju's been banged up again this year. Doesn't have great numbers in New England, but maybe in Kansas City would have been completely different. But Juju was leader of that group. And yeah. I don't think there's any doubt you lost, you know, a veteran voice. I mean, that was a big deal last year, but I think it was also a big deal, you know, for those guys to have Juju to watch because Juju was, I mean, a vet, he, he admitted, I mean, his knees were not good. He had a lot of miles on those tires yeah. and that guy had to, you know, just grunt through every week. Yeah. He did it. And that was, that's a good example to have. I mean, even from just an example standpoint of leadership, I think they probably miss Juju. I mean, does his presence make a difference this year completely? I don't know, but 
it makes you it makes you wonder what this team would have been like had either been able to keep Juju, or as we circled back before and say, hey, if they'd gotten the Chris Jones deal done and had some money in the summer to go out and get another veteran receiver, would it have, would things have been different? I don't know. Um, I would like to believe that they would. I would like to believe that yes, it would have made somewhat of a difference. Maybe one of another game or two or three. And maybe today's day goes differently because maybe the Eagles game goes differently. And maybe, you know, the another one of those games uh, goes differently. And a part of me kind of wonders whenever I pull up the Chiefs schedule here, um, what what is it that they, on the, on the road versus at home, I just feel like this team, when they're on the road, even though it may be a struggle at times, I feel like the team has a better focus collectively when they're playing on the road because the the one on the road against the Jaguars, one on the road against the Jets, had a really impressive performance against the Vikings on the road. Then obviously that flu game that didn't do well. The Germany game that you're technically on the road, they, they were very focused then. Uh, Raiders on the road struggled early, but were focused when they needed to be. Packers, they were sluggish on the road, but still battled minus the mistakes. And then Patriots, they had one of their one of the better performances in, in the second half of the season. Maybe not their best, but one of the better ones. I just I kind of wonder what's happening on the road that allows them to lock in a little bit more than when they're at home. Because man, in the Marty era, if you lost at Arrowhead. That was a sin. Like, that was a sin to lose at Arrowhead. And it just doesn't seem like, you know, like uh, Chiefs fans took a lot of pride in home field advantage and took a lot of pride in creating that atmosphere that made teams feel unwelcome. And it just, I don't know, and the Chiefs defenses of the past fed off that, just fed off that, and so did the offenses. But, boy, in this era – Man, there's there's a there's a lot more home losses that that just wouldn't have happened during Marty, where he had some awful offenses, some awful offenses, and they still would have just found a mental toughness and a will to win and just impose their will and just got it done. So like it's just I don't know, it's just fascinating to kind of see like just how it seems okay to not turn it on at Arrowhead as much as the issue has been this past year. And well, I, gosh, I guess if I'm looking at it, I don't think the record has been updated. But so the Chiefs are now four and four at home. Yeah, they've had four home losses this year. Yeah, uh, if, and, you, if you want to count Germany, they have a win there, but that wasn't at Arrowhead. But so am I looking at Arrowhead? They're five hundred. But I, I, yeah, I mean that no, that is that is, uh, that is unreal. I mean, absolutely unreal. I do see that the Chiefs are also three and zero on turf, and they are two and zero indoors. Um, so maybe just you know, put the turf back in Arrowhead and no. dump over it. You want to no. do that, Nick? No, <laughs> I'd, I'd fix the roster instead <laughs> next year. That's what I would do with that. But yeah, no, I mean, like it, it used to be a source of pride, and man, I tell you what, it just uh, yeah, you can't. I don't know, man. I mean, the the <clears throat> one of the Final things I, I put out on Twitter already. I'm sure some view it as mean and everything, but I really feel I, I just feel bad that like there was a lot of people that were out there today that part of their Christmas memory from 2023 is gonna be of that loss. And the, not that they lost, because you can lose a game and it happens and everything, 
but like the fashion that they lost and just I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of deflating to me that 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 happened. It is, and I yeah, I just this is this is not normal how this things go for this team, Nick. And I mean, I I say I always say we'll continue to say. I mean, this is why you relish the good moments because it's it's not always in the immortal words of Patrick one Patrick Mahomes. It's not always going to be um, rainbows and puppy dogs and awesome. You know, maybe I think flowers and awesome was instead of puppy dogs, but it's not always going to be like that. Um, you're gonna have you're gonna have tough years. I mean, Tom Brady had tough years, mm-hmm. so it's gonna happen. But I, I know I get everyone being frustrated because your your franchise quarterback is still young. You've got at least two for sure Hall of Fame players on your team. And honestly, I mean, you win another Super Bowl or two, you're gonna have a bunch more Hall of Famers on this team. And it's frustrating to let to feel like it let a year get away. But then again, I keep circling back to the same thing. I mean, there's no perfect team in the NFL this year. I right. mean, they've all got flaws. Do some of them have fewer flaws than the Chiefs? I mean, probably, and that's why they will make the Super Bowl. Maybe the Chiefs won't. But, I mean, to me, the only thing that's really holding the Chiefs back is just their ability to play mistake-free football for four games. I mean, if they can do that, Nick, they can make a run. I just don't have the confidence that they can do that. Yeah. They, they haven't given enough in their sample size. Cause like, like, I've, like we always kind of talk about, or I talk about each year and we've talked about on the podcast earlier. Once you get to week eight and nine, that's when most teams have tape on what you do, how you do it, how you approach it and how to take it away. Then the good teams pivot and evolve from that point, And the teams that have issues start struggling and, and spiral at that point. And that's where the contenders and pretenders come into play is from week nine on. How do you do when teams have completely adjusted to you and you're not keeping ahead? You're not able to keep ahead anymore with the element of surprise and with the element of not teams, not knowing your tendencies and knowing, you know, how you're going to out of this formation, they're going to run one of these five plays out of this formation. They're going to try to get the ball to this guy five out of, you know, eight times or whatever. Like the, the teams can't play the odds of what you've, done from a scouting perspective but once you get to that point that's where teams can do it and and that's that's why it's the Raiders were able to do what they did today on some of those routes and to be able to like like that one play that uh, Mahomes ended up fumbling you know deep in their own territory that never should have been called but they called because they were feeling confident and they're like hey we had a good drive we're gonna keep that spark going okay we're gonna do this on a wet field and everything as soon as I saw what Mahomes started to do there for people that don't know that play that they looked like they were getting ready to run was a touchdown that they scored against the Panthers in like 20, uh, a couple years ago to where Mahomes starts does left. The ball gets tossed to him and he's rotates back to his right. And he threw a touchdown a couple years ago. And I believe it was, I want to believe it was against the Carolina Panthers. And like, you know, I was like, Oh, it's a great play creative for the way everybody's flowing this way. He comes back, throws a crossing route. That's what they were doing. Instead, they fumbled the ball because that's the type of year they have. But that play, again, what I was seeing them do there, part of that play, they were pulling from years past because I've noticed that's what they've been doing the past handful of weeks is they're pulling from their successful kind of red zone plays and some of the creative stuff that they were doing in the past to help create sparks. And a couple times it has. Sometimes it hasn't. And today was one of those times where it sure as heck didn't. 
Yeah, and you know, and we did not talk about this, but I I did talk to a few people who were down on the field for the first half, and Nick, and uh, you couldn't really tell on TV, but it was spitting a little bit of rain on and off throughout the first half. The field was wet. It was also like 36 degrees. Um, there was a really weird wind. Um, you couldn't really didn't really feel it at field level, but you definitely saw it in the punting game, the kicking game, that and that may have absolutely affected Harrison Butker's field goal attempt there at the end of the first half, which definitely changed the complexion of the game a little bit. Um, and I think it definitely played a, probably a hand in, in all the turnovers, especially the the Chiefs, you know, issues because they were both teams were having ball security issues in the first half. I mean, you could tell. Oh. Unfortunately, the Raiders were able to secure the ball for two touchdowns to win the game when they needed to against the Chiefs offense. So that's part of your difference. That they did. Well, I think we have uh, picked out all of the uh, the good candy from this one, Nick. I I don't know if we I don't know if there's anything else that's in the, the stocking that we can really pull out at this point. But Chiefs have another one coming up. I mean, you got a short week. Yeah, they got a short week. The Bengals had an extra day of rest because they played on Saturday. Actually, they got two extra days because the Bengals played on Saturday, so they got Sunday, Monday, and the Chiefs don't. Chiefs are going to be behind the eight ball, and this is this is uh, yeah, no, this is this is this is a big week for them because they they desperately need this because I think that's what bothers me. For my final thought, <laughs> I think that's what bothers me more than anything else is the playoffs were on the line today. Punching your ticket was on the line today. The AFC West was on the line today. You can lock stuff. You can lock everything up, and like you need to play with that type of mentality. That like, hey, this is a playoff situation. And the fact that that they didn't—that's the most frustrating part, and that's the most alarming part, and the most concerning part. Is all everything was on the line, and you're like, yeah, no, we got two more weeks. That's fine. Well, but I mean, you know, like you know, we'll see what happens to the Bengals and the Chargers. But I mean, like, you know, like. Today was the day that uh, unofficially ended their chance for a number one seed. Because, you know, with the way things are working out with the Dolphins and Ravens, like they're, they're going to play each other. So, I mean, <laughs> you needed both teams, you needed the Ravens to lose three and the Dolphins to lose two. Well, guess what? You know, they're playing each other. So <laughs> you can't have both those results. And so one of the two is going to happen. And so, I mean, like the Chiefs are in a situation where they're, they're, they're going to be a three or four seed if they win the AFC West. And, you know, the decision that they're going to have to make is is being a four seed and playing a five going to be what you want. Or, you're, or do you want to be the three seed and you're potentially playing the the person who loses the AFC East between the Bills and Dolphins? So, I mean, like the, right now, the teams you're having to really keep an eye on if you're a Chiefs fan is what do the Dolphins do the next two weeks? Against the Ravens and Bills, what do the Bills do against the Patriots and Dolphins, and what do the Browns do the next two weeks? Because for for all intents and purposes, the Ravens are kind of irrelevant right now because you're not really worried about the one seed any anymore. Yeah, and and really putting yourself behind the eight ball for getting that two seed from Miami is really probably the more bitter, devastating result from this because. Now, I mean, you look at the most likely number three seed, it's the Chiefs. The most likely number six seed, whom you would play in the first round, is Buffalo. And don't think that's the really playoff matchup you want. That's, gonna, yeah. that's the toughest draw of them all. Yes, that's that's the toughest draw. <laughs> that is the toughest draw. So, like, that's, that's where the problem is going to come into play. And the other part of it is, is, like, say the Bills went out and the Dolphins... The Dolphins lose to the Ravens, and the Dolphins lose to the Bills, or what happens in the, in that thing, and they get kicked down to the to the sixth seed. 
or the five seed, depending on what the heck happens. Maybe you're playing the Dolphins. That Arrowhead. Tyreek finally gets a game at Arrowhead that he wanted, and it's in a wild card round. And then, you know, who knows from there? But, I mean, right now the Bills are one of the hotter teams, and the Ravens doing what they are to the 49ers while we're taping this podcast right now. Like, you know, like they're 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 handling their business. So there's there's some front runners in the AFC playoffs this year, and right now it is in the Chiefs and the reason it isn't is because the Chiefs are giving people a lot of relief, a lot of reasons right now to not put a lot of faith and stock into them, unfortunately. Well, and uh, with it being a short week, there's a couple of injuries to watch out for. Uh, certainly, with Isaiah Pacheco being in the uh, the league's concussion protocol, that's just going to make it even tougher for him on a short week to come back. So keep an eye on that this week, and uh, we'll also keep an eye on on Trey Smith. He got his, uh, I believe, it was his left leg rolled up. Uh, during the game, Chiefs were calling it a calf injury. Uh, I'm could have been the ankle a little bit involved too, and, and Trey had been dealing with a hip injury as well, so he was kind of banged up all around. He was he was limping pretty good in the locker room. So, and he told me he's going to be fine, but that's Trey being a tough guy. I mean, it's that's one to watch because I would be worried about him being available for Sunday as well. Here's a here's here's a spoiler alert. I'll tell you about offensive linemen. Um. They could be in a rascal with a walking boot, and um, and they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna be fine." Okay, very, fine. very true. Spoken like a true former offensive lineman, Nick. That's a mentality you gotta have if you play a line, man. Like that's that's what you have. You're there to protect your quarterback and do whatever you gotta do to make sure he never touches the ground. And when you do, and when that does happen, you feel like a failure. And when you don't knock that defender into the second third level you feel like a failure too at that point so that's what that's what offensive linemen take pride in and imposing their will so i'm just telling you like it doesn't matter like there could be an offensive lineman and he's crawling across the floor because of you know being swollen <laughs> because of whatever injuries he might have and he'll be like, i'll be fine for sunday <laughs> uh sir you're crawling across the floor i'll be fine for sunday <laughs> willie rove right there in a nutshell yeah pretty much <laughs> Well, everyone, we appreciate you spending a little bit of your holiday time with us, whether it's on Christmas night or the next day or any time during the week. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, We'll be back in your feed next week after the Chiefs and Bengals, and Nick and I can figure out our schedules. Assume it'll probably be either late Sunday or early Monday. You never know with us. You know, there's 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 a lot of moving parts, Nick, but we always try to figure it out. Yeah, we gotta we gotta figure it out one way or another. But you'll definitely have it on Monday, New Year's Day, no matter what. <laughs> Just a matter of when. <laughs> and my question is going to be if Nick is going to show up for the podcast dressed as Baby New Year. We can only hope. I don't know about that, but now you've given me an idea, and I will have I will go somewhere and have a surprise for that one for YouTube <laughs> as well. Now we might need it because you know it's the Bengals. Chiefs might choke away another one, Nick. We might need something. Might need you doing to cheer us up again. Well, hey, look at the bright side. Even if that happens, it'll be a whole brand new year, new Chiefs, twenty twenty four, and all they've got is to get by the Chargers to get in the playoffs. If that's the case, so I'm saying, Matt, we're putting a positive spin on this thing. All right, we are going to go out with a positive spin. There you go. Thanks again for joining us, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Take care, everybody. Until next time, I bid you adieu. (laughs) You've been listening to 41 is the mic, presented by KSHB 41, your home of the Chiefs and Chiefs Digest.